Hey there, before we get started, we want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Kuhau Podcast. We hope it encourages you and draws you closer to Jesus as you listen. Let's get excited for this message and let's get ready to hear from God. All right, Galatians chapter 4, Galatians chapter 4, we're going to read from verse 8. It says, before you Gentiles, before you Gentiles knew God, you were slaves to so-called gods that, that do not exist. Verse 9, so now that you know God, or should I say now that God knows you, anybody grateful that God knows you in this house? Why do you want to go back and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual principles of the world? You're trying to earn favor with God by observing certain days or months and seasons or years. I fear for you, perhaps all my hard work with you was, was for nothing. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to live as I do in freedom for these things. For I have become like you Gentiles, free from the laws. And here's where we want to hone in. You did not mistreat me when I first preached to you. Surely you remember that I was sick when I first brought to you the gospel, when I first brought to you the good news. But even though my condition tempted you to reject me, you did not despise me or turn me away. No, you took me in and cared for me, though I were an angel from God or even Christ himself. I want you to highlight that right there where it says, and even Christ himself. Where is that joyful and grateful spirit you felt then? He's making it personal. He's making it practical. I am sure you would have taken out that joyful and grateful spirit you felt then. He says, I am sure you would have taken out your own eye and given them to me if it had been possible. Have I now become your enemy because I am telling you the truth? And let's read the remainder. It says, those false teachers are so eager to win your favor. But their intentions are no good. They are trying to shut you off from me so that you will pay attention only to them. If someone is eager to do good things for you, that's all right. But let them do it all, all the time. Not just when I'm with you. Oh, my dear children, I feel as though I'm going through labor pains for you again. And then I will continue and they will continue until Christ is fully developed in your lives. I wish I were with you right now so I can change my tone but at this distance I don't know how else to help you tell me you who want to live under the law do you know what the law actually says the scriptures say that Abraham had two sons one of them was a slave to one of them was of the slave wife the other one was of the freeborn wife the son of the slave wife was born in a human attempt to bring about the fulfillment of God's promise but the son of the freeborn wife was born of God's was born as God's covenant. The first woman, Hagar, represents Mount Sinai where people received the law that enslaved them. And now Jerusalem is just like Mount Sinai in Arabia because, because she and her children live in slavery of the law. But the other woman, Sarah, represents the heavenly Jerusalem. She is the free woman and she is our mother. And, and I want to congratulate you because you have just completed four chapters of the book of Galatians. <laughs> I read four chapters. And in this context, he starts talking about mother, and many times this has been misconstrued to communicate that this is uh, God reveals himself as mother. But in fact, Paul is explicit that this is simply an illustration. This is simply an illustration to talk about the covenant that we are in, and we covered that a couple of weeks ago. Let me fix this. 
But today's focus is on relationships. Someone shout relationships. And so my focus today is going to really be on verse 12 and 17. And I want to talk to you about relationship because Paul, at this point, has spent a great deal talking about the theological perspectives of grace concerning your relationship with God. But now he begins to pivot and he begins to talk to you about how the grace of God begins to impact your relationship with others. In other words, Paul is saying, hey, listen, don't you get it? Your, relation, your revelation of God's grace doesn't just affect the way you see God. The, your revelation of God's grace directly impacts the way you correspond with others. He'll say it this way. The measure of your love for others is directly proportioned to your revelation of God's love for you. And here's what I want to talk to you about today. You cannot grow spiritually without growing relationally. My message title is Grace Transforms Relationships. And so here's what I want to say to you today. I don't know how you used to see relationships up until you walked into this place, but I believe that when you walk out of this place, you're going to walk out of this place seeing relationships through a whole new lens because grace transforms relationships. Help me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these moments that we have together. Lord, I pray that you speak to your church today, Lord God. Less of me, more of you until there's none of me and all of you. Let your power be perfected in my weakness. In Jesus' name, help me pray this three, help me preach this three-hour message in 30 minutes and a half. And God's people shout, amen and amen. Grace transforms relationships. Um, you know, in a couple of weeks, you may not know this, but in a couple of weeks, your pastor, your pastors will make 10 years married. Come on, somebody. I mean, I'm talking about 10 years. And so for any hater that said they're not meant to be, they ain't going to make it. Mira pa' acá tu porque we making 10 years. Making 10 years marriage, married, and I am, I'm happy to say that I am happily married. If you're in a relationship, make some noise. If, you, if, you've been, if you're married, make some noise. Make some noise. It's okay. If you're happily married, make some more noise. If you're happily, happily married. If you're not happily, no, don't, don't. I'm not, I'm not going to even ask that question. If you're single, make some noise. This is why your shout is not as powerful as the marriage. I, I pray. If you're single, make some noise. Come on. If you're single, make some noise. Look around. Yo, John, why are you amening at this point? No shout out. But I'm, 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 I'm telling you after 10 years, let's be honest. You know that when you're in a relationship, when you're in a marriage, marriage changes the way you correspond with other people. Any, anybody know what I'm talking about? Let, let me tell you right now. Like Marriage changes the way you correspond with other people. My relationship with Lisa has dramatically changed the way I do relationships with other people. I'm telling you right now, before Lisa, I was an amazing hugger. I was, yo, I'm telling you, Anthony, can you, Anthony, Anthony, can you come up here? Anthony, can you come up here for a second? Can we give it up for Anthony? Um, give it up for Anthony, come on. Like, I was an amazing hugger because I was a passionate hugger. I was a tender hugger. I would care for you like you felt my love when I hugged you. Because before Lisa, this is how I hugged people. Oh, yeah, you feel that? 
that's how I hug people. But now that I'm married, this is how I hug people. God bless you, kid. God bless you. I'm sorry. If you're from the opposite sex, we're just not chest-to-chesting it anymore, all right? Thank you, Anthony. Give it up. It changes. I'm telling you, like, it just changes the way I do relationships with other people. Like, before I was married, I was single for two years, but I was still in ministry. So if somebody slid in the DMs, and they were like, hey, pastor, how you doing? I heard you were single. Hey, how you doing? I'd be like, hey, how you doing? But now that I'm married, I'm telling you, they'd be like, same text, hey, slide in your DMs, hey, how are you? And I'm like, hey, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> Anybody know what, I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm telling you, I, I promise you, the other day someone messaged me, someone left me a comment, and they said, thank you so much for your video, King. And I, I promise you, I saw Lisa leaving another comment, you're very welcome, his queen. <laughs> like, I saw it. I saw it. Marriage, it just changes the way you correspond with other people. She would, she would normally not act crazy like that. She, I mean, she would normally not act like that. But now that she's in a relationship, now that I'm in a relationship, the way we correspond with other people is different. It has transformed. It has changed. It has influenced. It has shaped the way. I'm telling you, before I was married, I used to have a different relationship with time because it used to be my time. Now it's our time. Come on. I used to have a different relationship with my bed because it used to be my bed. Now it's our bed. I used to have a relationship with my decisions because I used to make my own decisions. Now it's her decisions. I'm just joking. It's whatever she says just to make her happy. Listen, the way... You correspond with people when you are in a marriage. It has been dramatically changed. In fact, the moment you said, I do, it dramatically changed the way I correspond and function with other people. I'll take it even deeper. The the day I promised myself to Lisa, the day I entered a relationship with her, it dramatically changed the way I functioned with other people. In other words, that once I was in a relationship, I did not correspond with other people as if I was single. It changes like you can't I cannot have encountered the love of Lisa I have not I could not have encountered um, a relationship with Lisa and still function with other people disconnected from my concerns about her uh, as I cannot be entered I cannot have entered and experienced her love and have entered into a promise into a covenant relationship and still act like like I'm act like I'm single with other people Anybody know what I'm talking about? Why? Because my relationship with Lisa changes the way I correspond with people. You want to know how I used to make my decisions? I used to be like, hey, Ro, you want to come and hang out? And I'd be like, self, do you want to hang out Friday night? Yes, I do. Hey, I'll be there Friday night. Now it's like, I'll call you back. (laughs) Why? Because my decisions are influenced and they work together with my relationship with my bride. I know some of you see where I'm going with this, but can I tell you something very clearly? When you've encountered the grace of God, it absolutely changes 
It absolutely influences. It absolutely transforms the way you do relationships with people. It impacts the way you do relationships with people. Paul doesn't just say, hey, grace changes the way you see God. No, he's like, hey, grace transforms the way you do relationships with people too. You can't just experience the totality of the grace of God and not have it impact the way you see people. Why? Because Paul is saying, listen, like you don't understand the grace of God. You don't just receive the grace of God to simply become a recipient of the blessing of the grace of God. You receive the grace of God so that same grace that you have received can empower you in such a way that you can now freely give God's grace to others as generous as possible. You haven't received forgiveness just to become a recipient of the forgiveness of God and of his blessing. No, you have received God's forgiveness so that forgiveness can empower you in such a way that you can freely give forgiveness to others. I'll say it this way. You haven't been comforted just to simply become a recipient of the blessing of God's comfort, but you have received comfort so that that comfort can empower you in such a way that you can be a comfort unto others. You have not experienced God's healing. Just to experience God's healing and become a recipient of the blessing of God's healing, you have received God's healing so that you can become a dealer of God's healing and hope unto others. I don't know about you, but I thank God that I've been comforted. I thank God that I've been forgiven because now I'm a forgiver. I thank God that I've been healed because now I can heal others. I thank God that I've experienced generosity because now I can be generous. Is there anybody in this place that is grateful that they have experienced the grace of God and the generosity of God and the favor of God and the great? Come on, give God a shout of Grace transforms relationships. It doesn't just transform the way you see God. It transforms the way you, you see others. And I don't know about you. If you learned, if, if you lived long enough, I don't, I don't know about you, but relationships are difficult. Amen. Man. I don't know about you, but if. And if you're like, no, no, relationships are not difficult, you know. I'm talking about relationships, like relationships like with your mom, with your dad, with your kids, with your coworkers. Just relationships. I don't know about you, but I don't have problems with cats and dogs. I have problems with people. <laughs> right? I've never been personally offended by a dog. And the dog pooted in my house. And I'm not offended. But I'm telling you, there's something about relationships, man. They, they, I'm telling you, man. Like, and you might be like, no, that's not me. And maybe you come from Mars and we need to bow to you and learn to you at the end of the service. But for the rest of us, I mean, if there's anything that I've learned, is that for, in order for you to live and function in a healthy relationship, it does not come easy. It does not come easy. And so often we are living in unhealthy relationships because we're not operating under the same grace that we've received. <sighs> we are living in unhealthy relationships because we are not operating under the same grace that we have once received. And this is where I need you to understand because the grace of God, listen to me clearly, when we talk about spiritual maturity, spiritual maturity, you only grow spiritually mature at the same level that you are growing relationally. 
And so often we're like, no, 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 no. Like, I know my word. No, listen, the reason that you know your word, the reason that you can pray, the reason that you can fast, it's for the ultimate conclusion that you can serve people better, that you can love people better, and so that you can lead people better to Jesus. You don't just fast and pray just for your relationship with God. The ultimate goal is not that you become a light in front of the light. It's so that you can be light in dark places. And so spiritual maturity is not mental ascent. It's not simply you knowing all the verses of the Bible. This is why I get concerned when people come to church and sometimes and they're like, Pastor, I got a word for you. I'm telling you, I've been serving the God. I've been serving the Lord for 20 years and I should have bought a Honda. I'm like, excuse me, take your should have bought a Honda butt over there and hold on until you can live in healthy relationships because until you know how to live in healthy relationships, you have not shown me any indicator or mark that you have developed spiritual maturity. grace of God transforms relationships. And so what God does is that here's the, the truth in the same way a fish can flourish in the environment of the ocean. God has created our spiritual maturity to flourish in the environment of relationships. I'm telling you right now, you will never grow spiritually mature. I don't care how many tongues you speak. I don't care how much, how good you can preach. I don't care how good you can sing. I don't care how good you can prophesy. If you don't know how to have healthy relationships, none of that becomes an indicator of your spiritual maturity. Because you can't grow spiritually without growing relationally. This is why today's message I want to extract some things from the Apostle Paul that he writes that will serve us well when it comes to relationships. And the Apostle Paul says three things that I've extracted here. And what I've done is that I've paired it with these case studies of perfect examples that the Apostle Paul is talking about. And the reasons that I have, I have lenses, everybody shout lenses. The reasons that I have lenses, I was like, I don't know if you, if I, like, there was someone that just turned 40 recently. I'm not going to, I'm not going to shout nobody out, but there's somebody that turned 40 uh, recently, and they went to the eye doctor. And when they went to the eye doctor, they went with a set of lens, and when Maylene left the eye, <laughs> I'm sorry, and when she left the eye doctor, watch this, she left with a new set of lens. Here's what the doctor didn't do, Pastor Marquez. Here's what the, the doctor didn't do. The doctor didn't, didn't adjust her vision. He just simply gave a new set of lens to walk out and see life through. And here's what, this is what we're not going to do. We're not going to do. The doctor didn't say, well, this is how you became blind. And this is why you can't see. And this is why, no, 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 no. Listen, we all have a reason why we see relationships the way we do. And I know there's certain people that have come in this place looking at relationships through the lens of their past and through the lens of their hurt and through the lens of their hangups and through the lens of their failures and through the lens of their discomfort and through the lens of their baggage. I know that's how we are seen, but I pray. Pray by the Spirit of God. Hear me. I pray by the Spirit of God that you will walk out of here seeing relationships through a whole new lens. And so I want to talk to you about the, the lens, three lenses today. One is the lens, write this down, the lens of self-absorption. The lens of self-absorption. Number two, the lens 
of performance. The lens, write that down, the lens of performance. And number three, the lens, and this is where I want us to walk out, the lens of grace. Paul, in verse 17, he says something about these false teachers, these false Judaizers, and it, and it, and it peels back the curtain on how some people do relationships. In Galatians chapter 4, he, he gives us a little bit of a sneak peek that I, that I think it's insightful to the kind of people and the way they saw people. He says, have I now become your enemy because I am telling you the truth? Those false teachers are so eager to win your favor, watch this, but their intentions are not good. They are trying to, watch this, to shut you off from me so that you will pay attention only to them. Listen, there's so many people who feel like they are stuck spiritually. And here's what I want to tell you right now. So many of us feel like we are stuck we feel like we can't move forward. We feel like we're not growing spiritually. And here's the reason. It's because you're still seeing relationships through the lens of self-absorption. And God wants us to flourish. God wants you to be in relationships, in relationships that are healthy, in relationships that are life-giving, in relationships that will help you grow spiritually. That's what God wants for you. But sometimes you feel held back because you still are operating under the lens of self-absorption. See, the Apostle Paul, I love the language that he says. He says, pay attention only to them. This is all they wanted. They wanted you to pay attention only to them. Because when it comes to relationships, this is what it looks like to do relationships through the lens of self-absorption. But it's someone who enters a relationship with a preoccupation with only their own emotions in mind. Someone who predominantly is concerned with what they are interested in, how the situation affects them. Don't look at your husband or wife right now. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, I, need a, I, need a, I just need one volunteer. I need one volunteer. Run, run up here. Vic, can you come up here, Vic? Come on, Vic. Let's give it up for Vic Solano. Vic, 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 Vic in the building. Come on. What happens is, is that many times we are seeing relationships. Come here. Give it up for Vic one more time. Don't be intimidating with, me with your muscles, man. Come here, Vic. Come here. And this is what happens. I don't know if you can see it on his lens, but when you are operating and seeing relationship through the lens of self-absorption, can I be honest with you? All you can see is me. All you can see is your me. All you can see is what benefits me. All you can see is, hey, what's in it for me? And many of us are operating in unhealthy relationships simply because we can't get the me out of the way. Ooh, I don't know who I'm talking to today. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to help you. Listen to me clearly. Because we all, I know some of us were like, we're in here, we're like, I'm not, I'm not self-absorbed. I am very generous. <laughs> all right, that's, all right, all right. But listen, at the end of the day, we all have self-absorbed tendencies. We all have self-absorbed habits. There's some of us right now that you are in the middle of a conflict because all you can see is me. There's some people you haven't spoken to for 10 years. You know why? Because you can't get the 
me out of the way. You're seeing relationships through the lens of self-absorption. And when you do that, all you can see is me. Me, 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 me. That's all. You can only see it through the lens of, and you look cool, and you look fabulous, but you're seeing others through the lens of me. And we're stuck, and we can't move forward, and we can't grow. Here's why. Because we're in me mode. And I want to use this as a case study. John chapter 5, there was a man um, in the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. And here's where it picks up. It says, in the, in the, it says inside the city, John chapter 5, it says, inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed lay on the porch. One of them, one of the men lying there had been sick for, four, for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, watch this, would you, would you like to get well? He says, I can't, sir, for I have no one to put me in the pool. And I know that this is great preaching right here. Many times we could use this and be like, man, this man was making excuses. He didn't ask you if somebody could put you in the pool. He asked you. I know that that's a message for another day, and maybe I'll preach it at another day. But in this context, I want to show you the people that he was surrounded with. Because the people that he was surrounded with were dealing with issues so significant that they couldn't. Watch this. Here's, here it goes. Verse, verse 7, it says, for I have no one to put me in the pool. Watch this. When the water bubbles, someone else always gets there ahead of me. He was sick, but so were they. And watch this. This is what the Holy Spirit asked me one time. He said, hey, hey, Ro, have you ever been that someone? And I said, what do you mean? You know the someone that, the someone that you only can see what you're dealing with and not what others are dealing with. He says, listen, I, I want to be in the pool, but I can't because I've been here for a long time and it seems like we're all dealing with some for some stuff, but we're not in this together. Like, everybody's out to get their own advantage. Everybody's, they are so hurt. And let me tell you, let me tell you this. The lens of self-absorption will have you magnifying your own pain and minimizing the pain of others. The lens of self-absorption will have you minimizing the pain of others. Yeah, yeah, I know they're going through that, but you don't know what I'm going through. I know that they're dealing with stuff, but you don't know what. Can I tell you what 2020 looked like? Me. People began to see each other through the lens of self-absorption. I have to protect myself. I have to look out for myself. I have to deal with me. And so oftentimes we're, we're walking and we're doing relationships through the lens of, of me. And if we're not careful, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. If we're not careful, we can do church this way. I'm going to church because I'm going to, you know, I'm going to worship my personal Lord and Savior. I'm going to go to church because I want to get fed. I'm going to go to church because, you know, it, God has favor over my life. I'm going to church because I'm going to give God my devotion. I'm, I, and then you, top, you prioritize, you become the top priority and you never slow down enough to 
have concerns for others. And then, and I, I, no, this, this, this service doesn't work for me. The service, you know, the time is not good. The location is not good. And you try to create this just self-fulfilling, self-gratifying form of church because you're watching people and you're doing relationships through the lens of self-absorption. And can I tell you right now, if we're not careful, listen to me, Kuhau, if we're not careful, when we are living under the lens of me, we can easily begin to cut people off and demonize them. Listen, let's be honest. Some of you have cut more people off than Con Ed. Let's, let's be honest. You ever, you ever, you know, you guys, some of us are professionals at cutting people off. Like you already know, you already have your to-do list on how to excommunicate someone from your presence. Like here, it's like on autopilot. On autopilot, first you unfriend them, then you delete them from your number, then you delete every text message. Come on, you know what, you ever went on a deleting campaign? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Because, because, and, and, and God is saying, no, like you don't understand that there's people that you've cut off that I've placed in your life for a reason. You don't understand that, that, okay, I know that there was offense that took place, but just because there's an offense doesn't mean the relationship is over. But you're still stuck there, and you haven't made amends. Here's why, because you're still seeing it through the lens of me. And, and here's what I want to share with us today. Um, if you're not careful, watch this, write this down. Your expectations of people become your entitlements from people oh my god i don't know who i'm preaching this to today but what happens is that you start making expectations as entitlements of people and you start walking around as if people owe you something and this is something that i talk to my children about i tell my children i say listen i need you to understand something that no one owes you anything. Everything that you receive from someone else is never owed to you. It is a gift. So when people are like, this is what people, this is why people live in offense. You know why? Because they didn't call. Because they didn't reach out to. Oh, because they spend more time with them than with. And I'm more like. You need to understand that it's a gift. So if you gave me five minutes, thank you for your five minutes. If you called me once or you called me ten times, thank you for calling me once or calling me ten times. I will not, you can have expectations, but your expectations are not entitlements. And many of us are destroying our relationships because we're walking around with entitlements and not just expectations. It'll be nice if you meet the expectations, but at the end of the day, I'm not entitled to my own expectations. Because everything is a gift. Watch this, watch this, watch this. John chapter 5, it says, and this is something that the Lord showed me through the grace of God. Catch this, catch this, catch this. It says, when Jesus saw him. Is, any, is anybody happy in this place that Jesus saw you? It says, when Jesus saw him, he knew he had been ill for a long time. And he asked him, do you want to be? Watch this. Jesus saw him and the holy spirit showed me that this is a picture of the grace of god because at the end of the day those that were jumping in the pool only got a shadow but he got the real thing he got jesus and what we as believers have 
is that we have the grace of God. And what it means is this, what it means is this, that they got their healing, but this man got Jesus before his healing. And what that means for you today, this is exactly what it means. I need you to catch this. It means this. You may have not got what you wanted, but you have Jesus. Listen, when you have the grace of God, you may have not got the thank you, but you have Jesus. When you have the grace of God, you may have not gotten at that apology, but guess what? You have Jesus. Listen, you may have not gotten the promotion, but it's okay because you got the grace of God, which means you have Jesus. Hey, listen, you may have not gotten the thank you, but guess what? You got Jesus. Someone give God a shout of praise in this place. It's the lens of self-absorption. Anthony, can you come up here for a second? Can you come up here for a moment? Give it up for Anthony in the building. I need you to put these on and stand right next to Vic. Look at these two handsome young men. Look at these three handsome young men. And listen, when, when you are seeing life through the lens of performance, write that down. You see life through the lens of what people do and don't do. Your focus is the doing. And so people then begin to lose their value because they're not doing enough. I saw someone the other day, I mean, they posted, this is a coach, they posted a video and they were like, they were like, listen, if they don't have time for you, if they send you, if you send them a text message and they don't answer in 24 hours, then you need to cut them off. Because if you're not a priority for them and they're not a priority to you, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is terrible, terrible. Why? It's terrible too, but it's terrible because... I'm like, but I, I'm sorry. Like, I, I forgot. I was driving, and I didn't respond to the text, and then I just forgot. I thank God that my brother hasn't cut me off because I didn't respond to a text message in 24 hours. I'm glad my wife hasn't cut me off because I didn't respond to a text message for 24 hours. She may have been upset, but she didn't even cut me off because I was. <laughs> Paul says, I plead with you to live as, as I do, free from these things. For I have become like you Gentiles, free from those laws you did not mistreat me when i preached to you grace but he's like he's implying that, hey you might be treat you're mistreating me now because you're treating me based upon performance you're, you're treating me based upon what i do not god's grace does anybody hear me today he's like and and and, and i'm telling you when you start functioning in a relationship of performance and you start seeing people through the lens of performance and you have habits that function in a way of seeing people through the lens of performance, that, relationships be, that relationship becomes more about beating up than building up. It, it's the truth. And I want to talk to the parents here quickly because I think this is so important for parents to catch this. Man, I'm telling you, so many times we, we think that we're building up our children, but we're beating them up. And the message that we're sending to them is if they do, if they perform, if they act right, then they will be loved, then they will be appreciated, then we will be pleased with them. And you need to send the message of unconditional love that we don't approve of any bad behavior, but we love you despite the bad behavior. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Give God a praise. I remember, let, let me, uh, some of you know, may know my story in some degrees, the story of concerning my father. My father um, was a very abusive man, 
And this is, I think, that the lens that he saw us through. He saw us through the lens of performance. And what happens is the mantra of the lens of performance is no matter where you are in your journey is never good enough for me. You don't realize that people are at different levels of their journey. Like I've literally seen people judge people for things they were doing three years ago. Like I saw you like three years ago, you were doing the same thing that Shaquita was doing. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, and then we judge people and we forget that we were on a journey too. And so I remember like my father, like this is the message that he sent. My father simply wanted us to pray, read the Bible, go to church and, and play music. Pray, read the Bible, go to church and play music. And the problem was is that that's the only time we felt like we pleased our father. I remember the first time I learned how to play, Mary had a little lamb. I was like, Daddy, Mary had a little lamb, little lamb, little lamb. And he was like, that's okay, but you could do better. And that's the message of performance. See, most relationships live here. I'll prove it to you. I've married about 20 people. And I'm telling you, every time I say, hey, why do you love them? I love him because, you know, he, he does this, he does this, he does this, and he does this. Why do you love her? Oh, because she does this, because she does this, she does this, and she does this. How many of you know that this is conditional love? You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's never because I just love them because I'm so generous and I'm full of love, and they're just, I just I love them for their amazingness. It's always because of what they do. So there's a human tendency, a natural human tendency of functioning in this manner. That we function with the, what do they do? And you can't talk about performance without talking about the Pharisees. And the Pharisees, let me tell you, they were the, they were the, the great examples of doing relationships through performance. They caught a woman that was caught, they caught a woman that was in the act of adultery and they saw her, watch this, they saw her for her sin, not for who she was. Because that's the problem when you see people through the lens of performance. They no longer have any value to you unless they do. And so these Pharisees saw, this is the case study number two, that these Pharisees saw this woman that was caught in adultery and they bring it to Jesus. And I love this part because what happens, that Jesus gives an amazing answer. You know what he says? You know what Jesus' answer is? He's like, hey, should we stone her? Because that's what the law says. He's like, hey, go ahead if you are without sin. He says, if you are without sin. Go ahead, chuck a rock at her if you are without sin. Can I ask you a question? How do you treat your spouse? As if you're sinless? How do you treat your husband? Do you treat them as if you're sinless? I want to ask you this question. This is how you know. And these are, again, this is to help you, not to hurt you, and not to condemn you. This is so that you can receive as revelation so that you can have everything that God wants for you in relationship. Can I ask you a question? Do you treat, watch this, do you have to make, do you make your spouse earn your forgiveness? I need you, I need you to hear me. Do you make them earn your forgiveness? Because so many times this is how we function. We function in a way, yeah, we have received the grace of God freely, but then we, we, we make our spouse and those around us pay for their sins when it comes to us. Mm -hmm. This is how we, we function. 
And again, this is not for us to look at ourselves and be like, oh, I can't believe I did this. No, there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. It's for us to look at ourselves and say, yes, thank you, Jesus. Because of you now, I can forgive other people, even beyond my, old, my own selfish tendencies. This is where we live, but this is what I want to, this is the message that I, I, I want to give you today, is that, that no matter where you are in your journey of relationships, whether they are good or whether they are bad, whether they, these people are are naturally loving or they're just difficult people. My job as a recipient of the, of the grace of God is to simply give them grace. So if you're good, I'm going to give you grace. But if you're bad, I'm going to give you grace. If you, do, if you hit a 75, I'm going to give you grace. And if you hit a 100, I'm going to give you grace. If you do a 10, I'm going to give you grace. And if you do a 1,000, I'm going to give you grace. If you perform 10 out of 10 times, I'm going to give you grace. And if you perform 1 out of 10 times, I'm going to give you grace. Because here's, here's the truth. We are all on a journey. And many times we need to look at people in that same manner. Listen, Pharisees, I know that you might feel sinless right now because you're keeping the law. But listen, if you're sinless for real, go chuck a rock at her because she is still in her journey and I still value her and I still want her and I still love her and I still see her as a kingdom changer and a world changer. Give them grace. God was patient with me, I can be patient with others. Last one I want to give you as the worship team comes up. Who can, who can help me? 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 Caitlin. Can you help me? Give it up for Caitlin. Come on. Everybody say lens of grace. And this is what the Holy Spirit showed me. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 8, verse 12, it says, you did not treat me. Watch this. Catch this. You did not treat me when you preached, when I first preached to you this way. Surely you remember that I was sick when I first brought you the good news. But when, but even though my condition tempted you to reject me, you did not despise me or turn me away. Watch this. No, you took me in. And this is the part that crushed me. And you cared for me as though I was an angel from God or even Christ Jesus himself. Grace, it's caring for people and treating them as if they were doing, as if you were doing it for Christ himself. Yeah, I know, I know we hear this and we're like, oh, gosh. Oh, Pastor Rowe, you know you don't know, Pastor O. You don't know. You don't have to live with them, Pastor O. Right? Pastor O, you don't have to live with them. I don't see, I don't treat them like Christ himself. I treat them like the devil himself. You know, you know, you know. That's what it is, right? Like, there's a, no, like Christ himself. Like, let's just, let's start, tra- like some of us need to just be at the level of start treating them human. Because you've demonized them in such a way that it's just like a level up is human. And this is what happens when you see people through the lens of grace. Watch this. This is what the Holy Spirit showed me. He said, you see them. Here you have the initials J-C. And this is what the Holy Spirit showed me. He said, Ro, when you see people through the lens of grace, 
you begin to see people as I see them. Watch this, watch this. But then you begin to see the Jesus in them. see people through the lens of grace watch this you begin to see people the way Jesus Christ sees them but by seeing them the way Jesus Christ sees them you're able to see the Jesus Christ in them Paul says hey you treated me like Jesus Christ himself you treated me with such love and such grace and this is what the Holy Spirit showed me he asked me this as I was preparing for this message the Holy Spirit said to me Ro do I deserve your love and I said come on daddy of course you do I love you man you know what I mean like I love you Jesus I got the t-shirt love is my logo Ro do you Ro do you love me do I deserve your love Ro I said of course you do he says, okay, good, 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 good. Good, good that I deserve your love. Okay. Now when you see them, I saw them worthy of my love. So if I am worthy of your love, when you see them the way I see them, and when you can see the Jesus Christ in them, you can also... Hey, am I worthy of your forgiveness? Jesus, of course. Hey, Ro, if I offended you, this is what the Holy Spirit was sharing with me. He says, if I offended you, would you forgive me? I said, of course, Jesus. Of course I would forgive you. He says, yeah, I know. I know you would. But I need you to see them the way you see me so that you can forgive them the way you forgive me. Woo! This is no wonder. Why I see Jesus in Matthew and, oh my God, I can't even finish the message. Like, this is why I see Jesus in Matthew. And he says, he says, he says, I was hungry and you fed me. I was in jail and you visited me. I was sick and you tended to my wounds. And the disciples are like, but when? But how? When were you sick? Jesus when were you in jail Jesus when were you hungry Jesus because like how could we have these opportunities to, to, to serve you Jesus and go visit you in jail Jesus how can we do that because if you were in jail Jesus we would visit you he goes yeah I know this is how you do it here's the cheat code when you visit the least of these how many of you know that if Jesus was in jail, we'd visit him? How many of you know if Jesus was hungry, we would feed them? How many of you know that if Jesus was sick, we would tend to his wounds? Here's what Jesus says. He says, when you see the least of these sick, hungry, or in jail, or in need, and you tend to them, he says, it's as you've done it in me. Why? Because you are seeing the Jesus in them. I'm gonna see people like Jesus sees people and I'm gonna see the Jesus in people 
How do I see people through the lens of grace? I see people the way Jesus sees people. How do I know how Jesus sees people? Well, all you got to do is look in the Gospels and see how he loved people and treated people and forgave people that didn't deserve it. And that's how Jesus sees people. He values you. He wasn't self-absorbed. He didn't live in heaven and say, hey, I can't do anything. He said, listen, 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 listen. I'm going to put my pain aside so that I can deal with their ailment, with their sickness, with their failures, with their discomforts, with their problems. He didn't live a self-absorbed life. He didn't live under the lens of self-absorption, but he gave of himself and he became selfless so that we can become the righteousness of God. He didn't live off our performance but he came and died and he performed every righteous act and righteous deed because he is enough and he by himself possesses it all he came and accomplished our journey from the very beginning to the very end so that we can now live in him I get it some of you walked in with the lens of self-absorption. Some of us, we walked in through the lens of performance. And some of this is subconscious, like we don't even know. Some of us, listen to me, listen to me. Some of us are so used to wearing the lens of self-absorption that you don't even know what life looks like without it. Like, have you ever worn glasses for a long period of time and then you take them off? Like, my glasses tra- transition in the sun. And so I'm not, I'm never used to the sunlight when I walk out because my glasses transition with the sun. But one time I walked out without my glasses and the sun just hit me. And that's my prayer for you today. That you will be vulnerable enough to say, look, I'm done with seeing people through these lens of absorption and through the lens of performance. I'm ready to see people through the lens of God's grace. And I'm going to see people the way Jesus sees people. And I'm going to see the Jesus in people. If you believe that in this place, get up on your feet and give God a shout of praise in this room. Come on, give him a shout. Worship him like you love him. Once again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Subscribe now and stay connected to all of our latest messages. And if this message really blessed you, pass along the blessing by sharing it with a friend. We pray that you will be given the opportunity to apply this message and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. God bless.